All right, you're listening to They Said I'm Funny. This is Adam Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Justin Marino. And we have, once again, last week's guest, uh, an amazing interview, I must say, Christopher Ward. Hey, guys. And this is, as always, our roundtable, rectangle-shaped roundtable discussion. And we don't have like a a big, you know, overarching, we're going to talk about for a whole hour subject, but we were... We had discussed last week a little bit um, putting on shows and how hard it can be. So we we thought we'd talk a little bit about that and kind of see where the conversation went. And I and I want to apologize for not calling you an actor. You're an actor. An actor. You're an actor. No, don't. He's an actor. Don't build up my ego like that. Oh, I'm a comedian, an actor. Garbage, bro. And background. But actor. he also did admit to never emoting. And I think that, for me, that's what defines actor. Like, can you act... Sad or whatever. It's yeah. usually sad. I can act Didn't like a tired businessman. Yeah. Or I can act like I don't want to kill myself. Yeah, exactly. Didn't Kristen Stewart <laughs> make a hole in career on not being able to emote? Yeah. 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 Isn't that what she, she's known for? She's really good at biting her lip. Though. Being a good act- actress at not being a good actress. Yeah. So we, we talked last week a little bit during the interview, and, and maybe we just shot our load and talked too much about it. Uh-huh. Um and kids were talking that that's not that is yeah. a premature yeah. interview. Yeah. So <laughs> um, we talked about putting on shows and I have you put on any any shows at all, Justin? No. And I have. Um, I don't really think I have any desire to like just because the more I talk to Alex and Alexis and you, it's just it seems like a nightmare. I mean, I, I would promote, like I would help like promote and stuff. Yeah, promoting um, is the fucking also the worst part because especially like the venues is like, um, and, and with the slash show had so many people like we that just found out the show like the night beforehand because we went to the, the spot to go like sell it to the regulars. Like, yeah. Hey, we'll be here tomorrow. And someone's like, Oh, y'all got to get better at promoting. We didn't know about this. It's like, well, the owner should have fucking told well, you because right. you're here. And two is like, we post about it. You don't follow me. So yeah. it's not my yeah. fault. Like I'd, it's, yeah, it's a bitch unless you're like putting Facebook ads. And I think, and are those worth it? Like I, it looks like it, it looks because I think that's what, um, Fubar and Angela K do. Okay. It's like, they'll pop up on my feed and it works for people within like a radius so okay, I was like, cool. we'll see it like a month in advance. I think it helped out with um, the Belton show because um, oh, Jeremiah yeah, yeah. put an ad out and I saw it was sponsored on my page a lot. So I think it helps a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a science. And mm-hmm. the algorithm changes all the time because I, I was part of an organization years ago and part of my duties for that board was to run the social media. And so we'd have these conferences and I would take every breakout class about social media and it seems like, and, and I don't know if things have changed, but back then it's like, as soon as you learn the tricks, like the keywords to use mm-hmm. different demographics, there's all these different techniques. By the time you learn how to get like good results, they change it again. And so you're starting all over. And, uh, we, we ran the same, it, I, my buddy Nick and I used to run a show at Taiku. It was on Avenue D, um, Next to uh, I can't remember what it was called uh, the um, Korean bistro, like a fusion restaurant. It was all in the same area downtown on Avenue D, and we would there'd be weeks where we'd bust our ass and we'd like take out Facebook ads and you know post flyers on different bulletin boards at like restaurants or coffee shops or whatever, and um, you know just invite all kinds of people and nobody would show up, and then the next week we wouldn't do it a damn thing like we'd be just be defeated and not do anything and the whole place would be full and it's like you know what yeah you know what, what is the magic what is the is secret it, i don't i don't know i think i think for me the biggest key is consistency like you have to mm. build so you have to put on good shows and you have to do them on a regular basis whether it's once a month once a week you know every two weeks whatever it is just be there and put on a good show and then word of mouth spreads got to be regular but you can't yeah. oversaturate Right. Because it, like, um, yeah, whenever you're doing weekly shows in a place that doesn't barely comes up yeah. to one show, it's not going to work out. You might get 
one good one a month, but not everybody's coming every fucking week. That's why it's like, I think the monthly FUBAR shows out works out. It's a yeah. monthly thing for people, to, a monthly getaway for people. Yeah. yeah and because um, we're not Austin, it's like no, they can do no. shit. Like, that's why they get clubs doing shit Monday through Sunday. Well, and, and Corky's, man, is even their Saturdays are super hit or miss. Like, mm. I've, I've done a room full of 20 and I've done a full, full sold out room. Like, you know, and so it's. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've done the same because yeah, when I'm just last did it when I headlined, there's like 15 people there. Oh Jesus! And then what in January I did a guest spot, and that place was packed out. But I think because they just missed the place because like I think the shows were canceled for a couple weeks oh, know, at the okay. end of the year and the holidays yeah. and shit like that. And I do think in smaller towns like even here in Waco, um, I would I for a, a few months I ran a show at the Brazos Theater, mm-hmm. and we'd be like, I mean. Even the bad shows were were good crowds. I mean, fifty to seventy five people or whatever. Oh you damn! Know. Yeah. Um, but when you'd have the smaller crowds, you think about okay, well, Baylor has a game tonight, or this is going on downtown, and it's so you're in a smaller town like Temple or Colleen or Waco. You're competing with other, not just other comedy shows in Austin. You're competing, but there's a million people there, so you know you're competing against there's other things but then there's also way more people to go to those things whereas in a smaller town if there's this big event there's like a more finite n- number of people that could potentially go to your show so mm. I, think, I know yeah. one time I like did a show uh, this is the second time doing show at the Bear Arms Brewery here yeah. in Waco and I think there's also a Baylor game going on yeah. at the same time yeah. so like no one was fucking there there's only like a handful of people and it's like oh yep I had to tell the headliner was a guy from Washington. So like, oh, last time oh, wow. I was here, it was like <laughs> it, it was a pretty good show. I'm like, well, you got to look at the calendar, see if there's yeah. anything else going on in town. Because if there's some sports thing or some yeah. school event, then no one's coming out to anything else but that. Yeah, I felt bad. I had a, a friend who uh, he's been doing comedy for a while in Austin. I don't you might know him, Stephen Farmer. He came up to do he was in Temple for something already and was like, oh, I'll just stop at the, the Corky's open mic. And I was like, it's usually a pretty good crowd. And it was one of those, like, I think, around the holidays when hardly anybody showed up. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. It, it's usually a good crowd. So it, it's hit or miss. Yeah, I think uh, Austin yeah. Comics got a, like, they got a mixed signal on like our scene because yeah. like some of them come out and they'll be popping them for like some Austin Comics. Like, y'all got an oasis yeah. out there. It's like amazing. And then like next comic comes out and is like, oh, this is garbage yeah, yeah this is, wasn't worth the yeah. hour and a half drive and i've heard like a couple people from austin it's like this is not how they run shit in la like no fucking shit yeah, we're it's in, temple yeah <laughs> it's temple texas like it's what is, how do they want us to run it i don't i don't fucking know i, I can't remember yeah. but i think it was uh like a time deshaun was hosting too so oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we weren't <laughs> we weren't providing our best yeah, yeah we didn't have our it. best foot forward we're, uh, i like when i host because then a lot of austin comics think i run the mic I'm like, oh no, that's not how it works. I don't think a lot of them know that it's a rotating host. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. So they just know like me and Mycia. Yeah, that's very think. unusual. Um, from my experience, that most, mm-hmm. unless it's at a comedy club, where you know, obviously the the owners, you know, not going to run the show or the managers. You're they they do bring in rotating hosts. From my experience, but at like a coffee shop or a bar, you know, non comedy club bar, it's usually the same, yeah, the same, the person. same host, you know. But yeah, I like it because that's why it's a good workout yeah. for us. Yeah. Everybody gets a chance to work out like anything, you can work out yeah, in a host, truly anything. anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with Corky's, I think one of the biggest things besides consistency because they've, they've, with the rare occasion where there's some kind of issue with uh, like the plumbing or weather or something. They have the open mic every week, the showcase every Saturday. Um, Also the support, you know, I think Corky's is always posting the, you know, there's, you see the flyers at at minimum at the venue in the bathroom on the, the, the little, you know, marquee out front. Yeah. Um, But Dan does a good job of keeping that place packed. The social media nightly, you know, like Mm. they've got their karaoke always has a good turnout on Friday nights. But and they put a lot of money into promo too, and it helps them out because they even got a radio spot. Yeah, 
Um, so in the morning, like, I don't know if they still do it, but I know they did it in the past. Where and That's not cheap. That is, even in a small town radio, that's that's a good amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I guess, uh, like, at 8 o'clock in the morning, like, their LOL minute or some shit, then they would promote whatever show yeah. was coming on the Saturday. Oh, okay, nice. But I, I can tell you, and, and I know you've had the same experience, whether it was trying to do open mics or um, showcases, that Colleen especially is a really tough place to find a good venue to do. You know, the, the bars are not built for performance and the, the owners just, I, I we've had uh, the, the time period where I lived in, in Cove and was doing shows, it was multiple things, but it, a lot of it was just the owners wanting you to come in, mm-hmm. you to bring in a huge crowd and yeah, for them to, to just make the money way. off of your stuff, you know, and it wasn't like a partnership or anything. I've, we had shows where um, we we made a de- you know not a handshake deal, not a contract where we were going to do a monthly open mic and then a showcase every once in a while. And we showed up one week to do our open mic and saw a flyer for the next week for some different event on our night. And like nobody talked to us, nobody told us. And um, I I made a joke. Were you at? June bugs going away party that he for yeah, sure for not going away. Yeah. yeah. Um, that specific venue, I made a joke about how June bug and I had done like six shows at, at six different bars, but they were all in that building because in clean, there's like three bars that have been there forever, but the rest it's like every few months, it's a different name or whatever. Yeah. And, um, so not only is it hard to find a good owner, but then those owners are constantly changing and, so I think what Alex is doing, I don't envy them, and I I would that I don't I don't know how they I don't know if they make if it's all about exposure or if they're actually making money, but they have found a few venues where they have a good working relationship, and and mm-hmm. you know for example the 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 bar in Glen Rose that you're going to they've done four or five sh- you know monthly shows yeah, yeah he's got a couple um, of regular spots now. Cause they're Phantom Warrior, and they're one in like Liberty Hill. I can't remember. Yeah, Liberty Hill. Uh, he was Fox yeah. Dog and Temple. They got a relationship with. So yeah. yeah, they got a number of spots, and that's why he's starting to double book himself. Cause what I think at the end of this month they've they're doing a show at Corky's and a show somewhere else. Nice. The AC Productions got two shows in the yeah. same night. Okay, cool. So yeah, I feel like that. Is that all this podcast yeah. is now? Just promoting Alex? <laughs> yeah, if no, you're... Fine. Well, he's... He yeah, books yeah. us. He, he books us, so we, we're, we're, we're helping ourselves, yeah. It's, Thanks, Alex. It's like uh, if we if we sold Amway and we just talked about how great Amway was on the podcast. Mm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to Start me... Start doing that, ad yeah. reads for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you... Well, hopefully he'll become a sponsor and yes. and fund a... He'd probably sponsor his own podcast. Yeah. First. <laughs> but... Yeah, I think his wife sponsors it. Yeah, because he doesn't have to. Sponsors everything. (laughs) (laughs) Support sponsors, you know, whatever, however you want to say it. Alex, get a fucking job. Working on your car and hosting open mics is not a or hosting show. I think he just looks at it. I don't think he works at it. He just takes pictures of how much work he complains about it. Yeah, and then you know, every other day there's a post on how he wants to get rid of it. I would just prefer pictures of his car and not of his bare ass like he used to do all the time. So no, like those I'm not going to complain. Still trickle yeah, every now yeah, and they still yeah. trickle. Or you just repost old ones. <laughs> he likes his ass. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know Alex Cunningham, he was a guest a few weeks ago, months ago, I don't know. Yeah. Look at the episode. Years. Um, yeah, so. I, And that leads me to the one of not the biggest reason but one of the reasons I don't do showcases is the money thing because it is a lot of work and I a lot have, of time you got to put your own money into yes, it yeah and, for and, it to and you don't know if yeah. it's coming back yeah like that's yeah. that's that's fucking scary yeah, yeah we had, broke for that shit it's I need to that's why yeah when did that place at the spot like I had to deal with her because I asked her is like do you want it to be a free show or but as like I just is my fee is like I told like two hundred fifty dollars. That way I make sure everybody gets paid. I've, I've felt kind of dirty doing that because I've never put a price on anything. Like if I'm doing shit for people, I'm usually like I'll do it for free. But since I had other people there, it's like no, we need to 
get paid because I also had to make sure I'd like saved up money and I lowballed all the comics. Like I told them less amount than yeah. what yeah. I was going to be able to pay from her amount just in case she fell through and had to pull out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. Just like I can afford like 150 bucks. Like, yeah. So I was, so I had to lowball everybody in one comic. I never gave them an amount, but I still paid them well afterwards. Yeah. Cause, I, Cause D1, he, he knew I was going to pay him. I gave him rides everywhere. Yeah. So fucking paint them every day. Nice. Yeah. We did a, a show here in Waco um, and the producer of the show flew in a comic from LA. They had a relationship prior and they booked this big, it's it's just across the street from here. It's like this big event center, kind of like it kind of the size of like the Copper Cove Civic Center. So it's not mm-hmm. giant, but it's not a, like a small little coffee shop and advertised heavily. This comic she was a like a touring comic, but not like a well-known name. And a lot of money was invested, and not a lot of people showed up. And that is like my biggest fear: is I, I, I'm a better off financially than I was just a few years ago, you know, because I was recovering from my divorce. But I still am not in a place where I want to invest hundreds of dollars into a, a show to produce a show, and then have twelve people show up and yeah. and have to pay comics and and pay the venue and it's it is a uh, i think the real money yeah. comes in when the people got multiple shows going on yeah at once i think it's like i don't know how alex is doing but i feel like more money is when he's going to get double booked and shit like that it's like when that guy put me on a bare arms brewery that came from washington or whatever like i was talking to him and the when we we're doing that show he's like i've got five other shows going on and across this like in washington and a couple in like yeah. california and one in florida and it's like, all right, this is why you're able to pay me like 50 bucks to come do 10 minutes in front of 10 people because you're got like sold out shows yeah, elsewhere. Yeah. Your show sucks, but <laughs> the ones you put everybody else on, you're producing is doing well. So it's, you, know, you got to invest in yourself, but it's fucking, it's a lot of groundwork. Yeah. And I don't have that business mind like that negotiating. Yeah. I don't know what's fair. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I can, I can. And I think I focus, I hyper focus on like best case scenario. Mm -hmm. Like let's put on a show. We sell out at $25 a ticket. I'm making five grand, you know, like that's not going to (laughs) happen. No, I also feel like there's too many producers. Like I've, for like at one point, like all of us in clean were a fucking producer. That's all like Austin comic sees us as like, we're trying to be in our own lane and we're too good for everybody. It's like, I think yeah, there's too many, I don't even think it's that. I think it's just like we're giving ourselves opportunities to get quality stage time, you know, outside of open mics. And so just as long as you don't oversaturate it. Yeah. Like I think now is like it's we've got enough give and take and like everybody's been. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I mean that you're you're speaking to something that I mean, we've seen come to fruition because there is one week that was like our golden week as far as like Temple Belton, but it was like <laughs> Roz, Corky's, um, Bit Bar. Mm-hmm. And then I think Corky's, it was that same week where there was a showcase on a Thursday night with Garibay uh, mm-hmm. on his production team. Uh, I shout out, I don't know who. Uh, Corrupted Comedy. Yeah, Corrupted Comedy. Uh, Corrupted Comedy on Thursday. And then we might have had something. I think there was Fox Dog on Friday, yeah. and then Corky's on Saturday. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, that's uh, well, just uh, what, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> like everybody a had a Friday show because what y'all had the Beltonian. That show was going on, and then Alex had a show at Phantom Warrior, and then uh, Scott was at Twice as Funny. It's like everybody was booked, minus like the people I had on my show at the spot the following Friday. So it was yeah. Staying busy. Yeah, that's a good problem. I yeah. think that for me, an important thing, because you can have a bunch of comedy shows. I think even a smaller area like Temple or Clean has enough people to where if there's a couple of shows going on, you can, you know, not, you're not going to fill up, you know, Bell County Expo. Yeah. But yet. Yeah. Yeah. We will, we will get there. But, uh, no, we won't. We, we just <laughs> Yeah, we don't have the ZZ Top pull uh, to fill up. Or Bone Thugs Harmony, they were there too, yeah. I, I went to But uh, nice, yeah. You look like a Bone Thugs yeah. and Harmony fan. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. But I think um, 
one issue that I've seen from is with with our scene with the shows that I've seen like you put on or Jeremiah put on or Alex or Mycia, you know, you may have some newer, lesser experienced comics, you know, like on the bill, but you, it's, it's going to be a good show, you know? Yeah, that's true. It it is going to be quality. I, I, I won't name any names, but there was a show that used to happen usually once a month up here in Waco at that bar, true love that everybody always goes to after classy and that person who ran that show would put on like seven or eight comics, give everybody like ten or fifteen minutes, including comics that don't have 10 don't or have ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah. That that might be like their second time doing stand up, you know. And and yeah, I was I did yeah. true love. I think I did like the last yeah. show that he did there. And unfortunately, and yeah, no, it's it was garbage. Yeah, it 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 gives comedy a bad name. And yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times I've done a showcase for somebody else. And after the show, one of the audience members is like, wow, that was an actual, com-. like I was, I didn't know what I was expecting, but I didn't realize it was going to be like a real comedy show with real comics. And well, I think with yeah. like True Love, it was a weird crowd. And then also the guy that put it on, like he didn't know how to host or bring up the energy. Like went up there, did a couple minutes, just took away all energy from yeah. the room and just started bringing up people. And then a whole bunch of Austin comics went up and my favorite line of the night was the joke of bombing like, that worked in Austin. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with Waco? But that worked in yeah. Austin. It's like, and then get out of here. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, I went up and I shit, but I was also like within my first couple months of comedy, I think. So I barely had yeah. ten minutes. And then Connor went up and he fucking murdered. He did like twenty minutes. Oh, awesome. But he was also like that personality. Oh yeah. 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 It's uh, I don't. I don't know. I when things are rolling, you have a, a good venue, you have a good group of friends that, you know, you can reach out to, to, you know, be on your shows and they can help you find other people, you know, so you can kind of rotate. So it's not the same people every time. Um, it's all about finding it, that yeah, good spot. It's fun. But then if, if you are not in that kind of a rhythm, it can be so stressful. It can be. That's why it's easier yeah. to find a place that's already got regulars. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, it's got a popular Thursday night that you can just, slide in yeah yeah but also it can also backfire because uh there's um and heights there's we tried doing my cab seven on thursdays when pool league yeah was there too and they fucking hated us <laughs> they just well I a lot of times that. the bars don't want you to come in on their busy they want you to come in on the nights when it's not busy but that sets you up for a failure because it's already they not. expect <laughs> you to yeah. you know instead of saying okay well we're dead on this night if we get five people in, that's five more people. They're like, well, there's not a hundred people, so it's a failure, and that's not the yeah. case, you know. So yeah, they always yeah. want overnight ex- success. I think so. I did the cap seven. I think oh, they gave us burgers. Did they? There, it was like free food for uh, comics, and they gave us like burger and chips. It was pretty good. Yeah, that's probably the most you've got paid. Yeah, for doing yeah, for sure. <laughs> That was the big thing. I haven't seen it in this area a lot, but down in Austin, you do like you'd get booked for a showcase and you'd get two free drink tickets, and that was it. Yeah, that was your pay. Like you drive all that way to do five, you know, paid ten, a lot ten of minutes. free beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. beer, some cash, yeah. weed. I don't drink, so I. I think I've been paid lose, weed like three money. times. Yeah. Just like a nice little zone, or how much? Like. Um couple grams because okay. what there's one show I did in austin at the austinite cannabis company <laughs> naturally yeah <laughs> which they sell quote-unquote cbd or delta eight or whatever but yeah and they just some of it you can tell is delta eight joints and they just pass that shit out for free nice. and then all of a sudden you're like wait i think i'm smoking something else now because i just sneak that shit in <laughs> and then what I, I think i got paid like 30 bucks and then they gave me a sealed bag and they a couple of pre-rolls. No, they give oh, you shit. a fucking baggie. It was, but they're like, it's Delta eight. And it's like, no fucking way it is. This, this is fucking green. I think that's dope. At least half, if not 75% of comics would be okay with that. You know, yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. yeah that's money. Gas money. And, <laughs> and then what did a show on Waco not too long ago, got 50 bucks and then also a couple grams. Nice. Yeah. Which I'm glad. Cause I thought, I thought the show went well. 
I had fun, but then come to find out, I was the least favorite comic of the night. Where was it at? The the brewery? Uh, no. Um, I don't even know what it's called. The venue. It was with uh, oh, Charlotte yeah, yeah. K. Yeah. It's oh just that it's, yeah, I saw it's that a rental plate, like a venue yeah. that you can rent yeah, for okay. an event or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that. Downtown Waco, and the street up front is torn the fuck yeah. up, and everybody's got to meet in the back. Every street in Waco, there, yeah, there's construction everywhere. I don't know what's going on. Who all was on that bill, if you remember? Uh, me, D1, Jeremiah, and Diesel, Diesel Grizzle. Yeah, that was that. I was asked to do that show, but I had already told Alex I would do. I think we did um, the Glen Rose show. I think was that night. Yeah, I had fun with the older black ladies, but apparently they didn't like my one joke. Because, yeah, I asked Charlotte, like, the next day, I was like, so how did the crowd like it? And she's like, to be honest, they did not like you. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, why? Like, they laughed, so I don't know what the, yeah. the problem was. I what, guess it was what, my opening. What is her parameter? I guess uh, they think it was because of my opening joke, because this was the uh, night before the Trump rally. Uh-huh. And so I just look look around and it's like, oh, I'm I'm guessing this is not the Trump rally like, <laughs> because it was a very yeah. black crowd. Like I, me and Jeremiah were the only white people. They laughed. And then later on, it's like I cracked a joke on um, how I was like, got drove an hour there thinking it was a Trump rally. So I, I can't remember the whole fucking bit. Thankfully, it wasn't recorded, but I got laughs. But I guess that whole like Trump joke just turned off everybody. And, no, you're fine. Yeah, if, yeah. They're, okay. if they're laughing, that's. Like, That's okay, what you're paid to do. And your feelings. We it's did. Like, it. it wasn't yeah. even like a yeah super political joke. No, like, not at yeah, all. Just taking this as the Trump rally, guys. Yeah. yeah. Like two or three years ago, um, I, I don't think either you might have met him, but uh, did you mm. know Dustin Waynes before he moved? Mm. Yeah, he, we did a. There was a guy named Terry Blues who used to do comedy here in Waco. He yeah, moved up to Minnesota. Me, Dustin. I think it was just the three of us. We did a show at a place called Cozy's, which is like just little, like old school, like R&B lounge. Like it, it looked like it was built in the eighties or nineties and it never, like they never renovated or added, you know, and there was a couple of people at the bar and then there was these two older black ladies by the stage and they were there to just like have a few drinks and listen to some like old school jams or something. They were not there for comedy and they, and J- Dustin and I are, are white guys. Terry is a black guy. And he, you know, he's like one of those perfect hosts. Like he gets up there, he's lots of energy, you know, is able to do crowd work. He had them rolling. And then Dustin and I get up there and they just did not enjoy our comedy. <laughs> and they roasted the shit out of <laughs> us in the middle of our sets. And it was, it was a fun night, but it was also like the most, like humiliating, humiliating. Yeah. like they were funnier than us. They, they just basically were like, no, that, that joke's not funny. Like, <laughs> try again. Or, or like just, that's it, awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, what are those puppets good names? End, uh, oh yeah. Well, uh, Walford and <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I can't remember the other guy's name. Yeah. 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 yeah um, but I always enjoyed, um, Domingo's mic because of that oh. at the whiskey room. Mm. Like those, yeah, he, he had a couple, uh, the whiskey room I liked just because those guys in the back, I liked seeing like the Austin comics, like try to shit on the people like playing the yeah. casino games, and then they would just go in on them, um, from out of nowhere. Yeah. I love watching those because like you can see who has never done more than three minutes of yeah. stage time because some Austin comics like oh I've been doing it for a couple yeah. of years but only three four minute mics and. Also, they get going seven do or ten eight minutes. Yeah. yeah, they're like three minutes in. No one's laughing. They just shit themselves and yeah. walk off. They get super defensive. Yeah, I think and that's why I've gotten used to yeah. being silenced for so fucking long. It's like yeah. I've, I can eat shit for twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah. Like I've done it. <laughs> like, I tap out. I never. I won't eat shit if I'm booked for fifteen. I'm bombing. Oh, I'll, no, I'll yeah. tap out. At yeah, no. Now it's a show. Like I don't want to like kill the energy, but now yeah, it's like yeah, Mike yeah. or whatnot. It's like I'm gonna go until yeah. I get the yeah. light. I'm going to, this is how I'm going to build that muscle to get out of the situation. It's also, cause you brought up Austin comics. It, it's also interesting. And I, and I'm just using Austin as an example, cause it's the biggest big city, but we being outside of Austin, but doing comedy with Austin people a lot back in the day, uh, there would be shows that would be booked like in Cove or wherever. And we'd invite Austin comics out. It, it'd be interesting to see 
you know, these comics from Austin that would kill every single open mic, every single show that they do in Austin and then come out to like Copper's Cove to Southern Nights or what, whatever it's called now. All these redneck, you know, like they're there to laugh. They're laughing at jokes, but there's something about being just in like one particular scene and, and performing for that, that particular crowd. Yeah, for sure. And Cause it's also, yeah. yeah, the energy difference because one is like down there is like we're talking about, they're used to like sharpening up like three, four minutes. So they're kind of just yeah. back to back firing it off. And then also a lot of them, like they build their persona for that three minutes. So when they come out and do these mics, like for us, we'll be a little bit more lax, but then they're like, all right, I'm still on this persona and I'm still going to fire it off but they're not matching the the room's energy. And they're like, no, we don't want your fake shit. We want you to be real. So like local comes up and it's like, I'm used to being just hanging out, talking with y'all for 10 minutes. But yeah, as far as, I don't know, in in my head, like I think middle, like long-term goals, I think middle America is where you want your parameter to be because there's going to be more sales, more, Mm. more um, market ability to what you're saying. Whereas, if I'm just like very niche to Austin, yeah, then that's not, you know, as soon as I step outside of that, obviously I'm not going to do as well. And well, so there's a difference between city and country comedy pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was thinking about that too. Is but like, do both be able to do both. You know? It's like, you'll like notice it. Well, y'all two are kind of the exception, but um, you'll notice is like with like city, it's a lot more one liners. And then for us, we got a lot more storytelling yes. yeah. on the outskirts. I don't know like what, it is necessarily maybe because like you've always got to be on on top of it in the city and then well, I know it out for Austin us, so specifically just, like almost all the open mics are three to four minutes yeah. you know you, you yeah, rarely a fucking yeah. one liner comic because yeah. you I mean you can't tell a story in three minutes and, and yeah, it's fucking yeah. hard that's where I'm having issues because I think I've had too many sets too long to yeah. where now I'm trying to yeah. tighten it up so where I go to Austin yeah I was eating three minutes on one fucking bit. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to talk about multiple things in yeah. three minutes. I've got one topic I can talk about. Yeah. I do feel like, um, with the shorter open mics, my, especially in the beginning where I was almost exclusively like doing one liners, it was very beneficial to me and it's helped. There's been a couple of times where I've gone to an open mic and the, flyer or the Facebook post said five minutes, but then too many people showed up. So they're like, Oh, now you only have three minutes. So if I had practiced a five minute story, especially in the beginning, that would have like, I, I would have been like, I'm just going home or something. <laughs> I don't have a I three minute this. set, but yeah. because I was doing one liners, I was able to just say, okay, well, whenever I get the light, I'm just going right. to stop. You know, like, um, it is, a. I, I think we've talked about before, like these comics that get up there and, and they're not just telling, you know, a 15 to 20 minute story with one punchline. They're, they're telling jokes. Yeah. When done well, there's filler. Yeah. How do you practice that? I mean, how does it start? You don't, I mean, you just, you you just got to chunk it. You get, you get, if you have it in three parts, it might take three weeks to work it out. You know, if you're only hitting Corky's, you know, for five minutes, but ideally if you're on the grind, you're going to work on it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then ready for a showcase yeah. Friday, Saturday. You know, like that's. But uh, and I think it would have also like different versions because some bits yeah. I've got longer versions and shorter versions yeah. of. It's like you got that's kind of where you're working. It's like tighten it up, but then if you got time, it's like all right, I can really flesh it out and fuck yeah. around. So I guess you just yeah, you have different versions quicker and relaxed versions. I guess the the hardest part for me is like you'll see one of these like amazing storyteller comics telling like a 20 to 30 minutes story. And because you're only seeing the final product, it's, I can't wrap my mind about how they were able, even if, even if they just like, cause these, some of these touring comics don't do open mics. They, they'll put in some new jokes in, in their sets and see how they do. And like, it's, it is because it's so far away from my style of comedy. No, but I don't I know think how they get from, from a, a, a short bit to 30 minutes. Well, I, don't, I don't think it's ever like, short. It feels like they can't take any part out or it couldn't like every part seems like it is essential, but I guess that's the magic is you take yeah. separate things and make it all mm-hmm. seem essential. Okay. To the story. So, uh, John Mulaney, yeah. let's go with him. Your great, friend. great best friend. Yeah. We, uh, went through rehab together. Um, 
So he his Netflix special Baby J is about to come out and he had a national tour before it. And so like those 20, 25 minute stories might sound different in Austin and Dallas or Houston and Dallas because it's yeah, it's it getting tweaked, yeah. yeah, it's getting tweaked up until yeah. the recording. And so he has the hour, hour and a half to play around yeah. with this and what it looks like. And so I'm excited because I saw that saw him on that tour, but I'm excited to see the Netflix special. And I, I think, think each yeah. comic is like got a different method to the madness because well, I was listening to one podcast where Kevin Hart was talking about when he's working on his hour, he'll start off and was like maybe just like at clubs, get it like kind of tight and then kind of like he if he likes it, then he would go to theaters because he fucking can. Yeah. If, it, if it's not working so well in theaters, then he'll go back into clubs. Okay. And then kind of work he keeps going back and forth until he's back into the stadiums and we can also safely that. assume that some of these guys have yeah. writers for them well and, you yeah. know and yeah and i, I and maybe this is just me bits and the other bits or like yeah. louis ck talks about how he's taken older jokes reworked them into newer yeah. bits yeah for and sure he, and that's like the best feeling when yeah. he, like there's like one small little joke in this bit that used to be like a five minute bit in itself but now it's a quick yeah. little thing that he worked into something else and just a, yeah, yeah that's art a, man yeah we've talked about that for the whole podcast is like never like don't throw away your old notebooks you know there might be something in there that you can read yeah you th- and, you, yeah. you said you felt like they were trash but yeah i still got them just yeah, yeah hold on the, to them i've got you a never know. bin full of garbage like <laughs> depressed suicide <laughs> notes on them probably that's all that's for your therapist <laughs> after the stage i saw a clip of george carlin and of course that dude was doing comedy from like the the sixties till he, or fifties till, till he passed away at like mm-hmm. in the nine or two thousands, I think. And I don't know what part of this career he, he realized this, but he was like at the point when he did the interview, he said he had a 98% or he knew up to a 98% uh, positive whether or not a joke was going to hit or not. And I wonder how many of the bigger comics that, like a John Mulaney or whatever, do they have that, you know, once you get to a certain point and you know your voice and you know you tour so much that you know what different, audio, like, because I never know. I mean, there's there's times where I'll write a joke and I'm like so excited to tell it at an open mic and I'm so like, I'm so fucking smug and proud of myself. This fucking great joke and then I tell it and it bombs. And then there's other times where I, I have a joke that's filler at the end and I'm like, well, if I have time, I'm going to tell it. This is really dumb. It's And then it gets the biggest laughs of the night and yeah. it's a, I wish I had the ability to, you know, I mean, that's part of the reason I use social media so much is because that at least is some kind of a gauge for me before I get on stage. Mm-hmm. To, okay. Well this got traction, you know, 20 likes or 30 mm-hmm. likes, you know, but this only got one, you know, so it, it's, I wonder, I, I, I don't know. Cams yeah. with stage yeah. time. I think that's why every comic preaches just stays yeah. as the ultimate lesson. Just more you hit the yeah. stage, more you're going to learn hit like multiple different crowds. And so one thing I, I'm like tr- still trying to learn is like I've got some jokes work better in some rooms than others. So like when I've got to do a 15 minute set in this room, like whenever I just did yeah. twice as funny, I was like, all right, I got to cut half my shit because I know black crowds don't like when you talk about gay jokes, they don't like kid jokes. And like there's certain topics you got to yeah. stay away and like super redneck crowds. They don't like some religious shit. So let me take away like my one religious line because you- well, we did the show in like Brownwood yeah. and uh, I had a decent set until the very end when I just talked about how the only pussy we talked about in my household was Jesus. <laughs> and then that just killed the yeah. crowd. <laughs> and they hated like my last couple minutes that I just got off. Yeah, that so was, it's like yeah. all it takes is one fucking line. You know, just, every crowd's fucking different. And also what... Um, who is it? I think I heard uh, Jamie Foxx talk about it when he was working on his comedy. In his hour, he would uh, take his most like liberal shit and go to like the most Republican places yeah. and see how it worked. And oh, interesting. Yeah. He would take the opposite opposing side and go to yeah. It does feel good because that. <clears throat> and that's how he would build the shit. He's like, all right, yeah. if I can get it to work for y'all, yeah, yeah I know it's going to yeah, work for it's this. Work side. For everybody. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You so. guys probably. I told the joke about how dying from cancer was never funny except for when it happened to Rush Limbaugh. Mm, And I, you would see like the old white guy who he'd make a groan or something, but you could see that he's laughing, you know, like he thinks it's funny, but he doesn't like it, you know, and and that there's, 
that feels really good. Yeah. But have you ever like psyched yourself out? So you, you're talking about, okay, well this, this crowd or this, this venue, I'm going to, I need to go this direction. And then, so you, you cut out like, okay, well this, this is going to be a more conservative crowd. Let me cut out some political yeah, or some sometimes sex you stuff. shoot yourself in the foot with that. Cause it's I, like you yeah. overthink it over. Yeah. I've overcorrected myself when I was like, oh shit, I should have just yeah, did just, my job. Yeah. Just been you. Yeah. Cause yeah, sometimes you're just, you even on those edgy jokes, as long as you're, yeah playful with it and you're just not super harsh and it's like all right it'll go over yeah. i've had times where i've i'm like okay well i'm not going to get too dirty and then i i you know maybe not have a bad set but then the comic after me is just like dirty joke dirty joke dirty mm. joke and just and is killing kills, and yeah. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> man yeah that brownwood show we were on together that was a tough one for me i because i, would, I did my the political jokes yeah i did my kitty a little bit which in theory is not, but it, it's, I'm basically saying I'm going to use kitty litter to abort yeah. fetuses and I lost the crowd immediately <laughs> and I didn't even do the whole bit, but I did enough to where like I lost them and I went, I, I didn't finish the bit. I went into one liners and it took me probably the next, cause that was probably three or four minutes, the next, you know, 11 minutes of my set to slowly bring them back. And by the end I had them laughing again, but that was, a, that was rough because not only does it just feel bad to to bomb, which I I, I don't think I bombed completely because like I, I towards right. the end and I mm-hmm. I finished off with the Jeffrey Dahmer jokes, which always which apparently is a, a common thing for everybody <laughs> out there. Um, but um, that the kitty litter bit, like my goal was to to get a, a nice twenty that I could remember and just be able to pull like oh Chris. Had a, somebody fall out of his show. Now he wants me to do it. I don't have to like freak out about memorizing. You know, I've got 20 minutes that I can do at a dr- uh, moment's notice. That was going to be the cornerstone. And it bombed. And I was like, oh, I suck. <laughs> my whole plan, my strategy is just garbage. And yeah, I'm a garbage was, comic. Was, and I'm a garbage That person. wasn't the material. That was the crowd. Yeah. Because, you know? yeah. yeah, you can't base it yeah. off of one set. You get to base it off of you know, multiple sets. I thought I was I thought I was safe with that because I told it in Temple and I know that it's Corky's is not necessarily the most conservative crowd because it's usually mm-hmm. a it's very eclectic, crowd but yeah. there is mm-hmm. usually conservative people and I feel like you know other than like the ladies making the uh, you know like that's gross or rude or whatever kind of face I feel like even the more conservative people reacted positively but it when it bombed there it kind of it hurt that was one of those shows that I've hurt. seen. Yeah. I saw Daniel Tosh lose a theater in Austin. Uh, it was at the Paramount. Live or? It was live. Oh, nice. And um, it was really, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly because, you know, when we go, we go for multiple reasons. Yes, mm. to be entertained, but we're, we're taking class. Like, you know, what what's what going on? You know, yeah. how is he, you know. So I think conservatively, he did 10 minutes on abortion. And this was before the Supreme Court case. Yeah. This was years ago. I don't even know if he's still Taurus. Um, but yeah, he just dug his heels in and he had, he had read the room. He had known he had lost the room. He goes, okay, one more. And that was hilarious to me. And I was literally the only person in the theater laughing. Like, you know, How do you, I don't know. Anyway, he was, he was he like, was thank not, you. He's like, yeah. he like pointed up to, we were on the balcony. He was like, thanks bud. <laughs> <laughs> But he just he just kept going in. He was uh, famous back then. Yeah, those tickets probably were not cheap. That's oh, probably no. why you were up in the balcony. Yeah. And so people knew who he was and paid money to go see him. Anthony. What were they expecting? Yeah, he's that Anthony, too. Yeah, he's Anthony Jeselnik. He's yeah, yeah. He's he's not a or no. You said Daniel Tosh. Yeah, yeah, Tosh. Oh, I'm sorry. He's well, same, same, yeah, no, 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 yeah, I yeah, same style. Yeah, kind of almost. Yeah, I did that uh, in Liberty Hill. There's a bar. Uh, biker bar, uh, good friend uh, Katie du- uh, Duplantis, Carlo Duplantis. I'm sorry, she invited me to do the show, and I knew it was going to be rough because as soon as we got in there, right behind the stage is giant Confederate flag, <laughs> and um, oh no no, this is a different venue. This was a lake uh, by the lake in Austin. I'm sorry, a different show she booked me for, and I had a bit about abortion, and it was like five or six jokes about abortion, so just a, a few minutes. And I kept digging my heels in the same way. And there was like, it's a smaller venue and it wasn't just quiet. It was people like actively saying that's not 
like that's terrible. Yeah. Like, you're a horrible person kind of thing. And there was the guy that r- used to run uh, Stone Drunk and Sober was at that show. And he was, because I just kept going and did my set, he was like, oh, well, th- I, that was awesome. I'm booking you for this show. And so um, it probably wasn't the best thing for the crowd, but it was, it helped me. Oh, that so, is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and some people, when they're watching you, especially people, other comics or promoters, like they want to see if you still get through your jokes. Because it's like some comics will see like just bail and then just go straight into crowd work because they know their shit's not working. Yeah. I've gotten props for just telling my yeah. jokes the entire way through, even though I was eating dick. It doesn't happen all the time because sometimes I get pissed off and I start yelling at the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> or, but yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Do you ever, do either of you, when you're having a bad set, does, do you... St- still have where it will affect your performance like where you like lose motivation or it makes you nervous or i used to have that really bad when i first started if things did not go like if i messed up a joke mm-hmm. it would kind of affect you know the rest of my set and i feel like the only time recently that it anything like that has affected me was when the crowd was loud at that show in uh glen rose and it was just hard for me to re- concentrate because I, yeah. I was trying to do crowd work and tell kind of be nice at first and then kind of just tell them to shut the fuck up like yeah. later on and I would get distracted, yeah, but it wasn't like I was nervous or, you know, anxious or my mentality deflated. is like, let me finish this bit that didn't work. And hopefully the next one does like, that's, that's yeah. where I am. Like, let me, let me get to something that hopefully you do like. Yeah. And so I might rush my stuff, you know, if it isn't landing, like I'll, like yeah. shit, like let, let me. You know. Yeah, nerves kicking, and yeah. like, you don't notice, but your delivery's a bit mm-hmm. off now. Yeah, yeah is. I think it all for me. It all depends on the opening joke, like how well that does. If you get laughed, and I can kind of get into that. You get comfortable with no yeah, laughs, and sometimes I'm like, all right, it's fight or flight now, and I'm yeah. like either panic and I'm either going through my jokes yeah. or just word vomit. We'll see what works. I'm just going to panic to get y'all to laugh. So when y'all are in the middle of a set, mm-hmm. what what do you prefer the person in front of you to do? Like, like you want them to kill? Or are you talking oh, about the comic before? Yeah, the comic before. If you're not opening. I want mine to kill. I feel like if you kill, I can ride that wave. Like I want to carry that energy through my set because yeah, I've also like- followed a... Uh, not a bomb, but like started out pretty, like they had 10 minutes. They started out pretty strong and then they got a little bit more dicey in a conservative room. And so by the end of their 10 minutes, they had lost the room completely. And so I, I think it's harder, I guess personality wise for me to dig out of that hole because then that's double work for me because I have to dig you out and then I have to sell you, the rest of my set so yeah. so i yeah i i'd, I'd rather ride a right away i think it depends it's like i rather as yeah, it's, it's fun i want everybody to do well you want every, everybody to kill yeah. person if you see like if you're you get a couple comics before you everybody's doing well that kind of helps it's like all right i'm just gonna have fun but it's like if i'm like there's a couple comics before me and everybody's eating it then i get in my mindset where it's like right, i don't give a fuck and then i yeah, end up true. having like the best set yeah, I had like the most fun because it was like, all mm-hmm. right, they hate these people. I think are fucking hilarious. I don't. Okay, I've got no chance, so I'm just gonna Dude, fuck the, around and the perfect dash of I don't give a fuck helps my stage oh, yeah. 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 presence so much, and I but I it's, care too much. Like, yeah, it's just that it's the weird. You got to find the right. Yeah, feeling. you got to find yeah, the right the, the right little vibe. It's yeah. like, and we go through so many changes. Like we're either way too excited or way too nervous yeah. or way too cocky or yeah, way, I'm too usually way too humbled. Yeah, like or way too something. But every now and then you can find the, and usually for me, yeah, it's the right amount of not giving a shit. Whenever I see everybody else is struggling, the host is struggling, I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck about this crowd yeah. no more. Because when everybody else is like killing, I'm more anxious because I'm like, okay, now I got to keep this up. Yeah. yeah now sure. this is the bar. Now I got to like keep the bar up and I can't kill this mood. But now if there is no mood, it's like, I don't give a fuck. Like I am the mood. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. Yeah. For like, me, sit down and listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as somebody doesn't like kill the, the mood in the crowd, it, it doesn't matter. If, I'd, I would 
because I, I've had, like you were talking about, where you go up after, like I had it at Classy where somebody was doing like electronica music and it was like noise. It wasn't music. <laughs> hey, fuck you. That was music. Complete, <laughs> it completely <laughs> lost the crowd. And so I go up there and nobody was paying attention, you know, or, yeah. or like we did the open mic where there was a birthday party. Nobody was paying attention. Um, but it is tough when somebody just like has not only the best set of the night, but maybe the best set of the year at the venue and you're like right after them. And, you know, but usually if everybody's killing, it means that it's, it's a good room, the good room. Yeah. And that, that is my favorite when it, when you can tell, like when I did cap city, you could, cause we had to be, where's the small room. We had to be outside. You could hear the crowd laughing as soon as the host got up there, like really laughing. And you're like, this is going to be a good night. Like it, it probably, you didn't have to ha- even have your A game. You could yeah. be on your C game and still get, you know, a really good laugh. So, um, but you know, it, it, there is something that feels good about when the comic before you kind of eat shit and then you have a really good set and then it, you save it. Yeah. Kind of, it kind of, you know, strokes yeah. your ego a little bit, yeah, but you sure. don't want that. You want everybody to do good, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But like what yeah, you're talking about was like, if they're start off good and then they're eating shit, yeah, you got to work harder and, Cause yeah, sometimes they're like, oh, that was easy. I barely put work into that. But then when the comics are kind of back and forth, like some people are doing good, some people are bad. It's like, okay, I'm going to actually have to really put effort. I'm going to have to like stay on top of it. I can't, no breaks. Yeah, I feel like that doesn't happen as often at showcases because usually showcases are pretty consistent. They're like supposed to be. It's yeah. And it usually comes from the crowd. Like the crowd may be talking a lot at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. and quiet down, but at open mics, it can be both. Like you can have a crowd that, you know, like if a comic just doesn't catch their attention, they're going to be talking during that comic set. But then the next comic, they may not be funnier than the comic before them who they didn't listen to, but because whatever didn't catch their attention, now they're quiet and this comic's bombing, but they're quiet. And it's like, it's, yeah, it is a, it's a weird, <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, tough. you're right. It's tough out here. Guys. Yeah. I've seen, um, some showcases where, well, even the showcase that we did at uh, Brownwood where mm-hmm. um, you had a really good set, like you said, until the last joke. And then that kind of led into me telling jokes they really didn't like. So, <laughs> And then I had to try to dig my way out. But even though, because Elizabeth Wheat went after me and she's really funny and she hers were hit or miss. It was like... And she, she ended on a weird yeah. note. It's weird when comics end on crowd yeah. work. Yeah. It's like they get the light and it's like, all right, what do you do for work? And then you start talking. It's like, you've got nothing. It's like you try to end it on a good note, but you're yeah. you're just grabbing straws, like something that's not going to. I mean, like unless you're like yeah. a killer in it. Yeah. I feel like she was exhausted because she was. Yeah, she had like yeah, she was having was to work, you know, like a joke would kill. And then the next joke, which did not seem like that different than the joke before would mm. not, you know, like it was. Even Scott was talking about how tough the crowd was, and he had a really good set, and um, he was saying that he had to work to, to get the laughs. And yeah, it is a... Uh, it's always the weirdest yeah. crowd. It's like, that joke worked, this one sucked. Back yeah. and forth. And you're just like, you're swimming with head barely above water, and you're just about to drown <laughs> any, any fucking moment now. And it's like... And everybody asks you afterwards, it's like, how did the set go? And it's like, oh, some people are like, oh, he killed it. It's like, that wasn't a fucking oh, yeah. killer set. Yeah. That was... I'm a mediocre comic. Like yeah, that that's is, most of my fucking sets. I'm very I don't, mediocre yeah. or I'm amazing at doing terrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust other comic. Like there's a few comics that I think I know will tell me the truth mm-hmm. no matter what. But um, a lot of comics will just say, Hey, you had a great set. Even if you objectively know that you did not have a great set. And for example, like Chelsea. Yeah. I make that yeah. mental note though. Yeah. Like, don't tell me I had yeah. a great set on a bomb yeah night. i don't like don't, like that's why i really tell don't, people they yeah, have a don't, great yeah set. right like, don't if i don't say anything yeah, that's right. like i'm gonna leave that up to you to decide yeah, like for I'm sure not gonna, because it's like you, you know if yeah. you did well or not if you're really honest with yourself but i don't think chelsea lies to me but i think she my type of humor is her type of humor so everybody else in the room may not like my type of humor but she does so her opinion you know like her opinion is you have to take it with a grain of salt. And then, yeah. like I said, there are some comics that no matter what. My favorite is Deshaun when he just walks around and asks patrons if he did a good job. 
I'm like, dude, leave them alone. Yeah, they're trying to, it, and it's probably it, during the other person's set. It is. It's a hundred percent during someone else's. Hey, hey, did it? How'd I do? And then they're like, they just like smile. smile is it usually like young, that, attractive? Is, I killed it. No, it's literally oh, okay. anyone in the bar. Yeah, yeah I'm fishing for it. And I prefer people just come up to me. Yeah, I said when you know you did good, and say a couple of people like, all right, I'll, I'll take it. Or yeah. like I've had several sets where yeah. it's like, no, I did garbage, but people are like, oh no, you, you did great. And it's like, yeah, yeah I could have done better. I've had a couple of times at Corky's where I'm with a group of comics and somebody will come up and talk to like the two comics I'm talking with and tell them how great they were and just leave <laughs> like yep. as if I was not even on the stage at all. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay, always fun. Point taken. <laughs> <laughs> My favorites always keep trying. Yeah. Keep yeah. doing it. It's, yeah. Yeah. I don't get, get it. Better. Yeah, I don't get it as much now because I feel like I'm more comfortable on stage. But my favorite critique or or constructive criticism was always try not to be so nervous on the stage. <laughs> like it's that easy. Like yeah. like I'm choosing to be nervous. Like like when I'm practicing my set. Okay, don't forget to be nervous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're gonna start shaking at a, at this joke, and then you know, like you're gonna forget this joke at this point. You know, planned nervousness. I love it when people realize that it's not easy. When people go open mics talking shit, yeah. it's like, it's, yeah, it's happened at yeah. Corey's before. People are like, it. oh, yeah, I can do this fucking easy. Go up and they're just mumbling or can't even hold the mic correctly. They just eat shit. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's really hard. Y'all are, yeah. y'all are brave. It's like, yeah, no fucking shit. Shut up next well, time we're talking. What's even worse is the ones that think it's easy go up and, and eat shit. Kill and it. Then, no, they eat oh. shit and then still think that, that yeah, it's easy. G- like Gary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And back every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we needed one. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, we did one last episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, we so yeah, yeah. This this, yeah. <laughs> How does Jeremiah deal with that guy? Yeah, it's tough, man. He must. Gary must have paid for the podcasting equipment or something. Yeah, There's got to be a reason Jeremiah is working. He's with a sponsor. Yeah. We're at about an hour. I don't oh, know. nice. Does anybody have any uh, closing closing thoughts on on putting on shows or? Uh, Doing shitty open mics and shitty showcases, or any other I mean, we boring talked about all kinds comedy of stuff. topics. I think yeah, we touched the most boring. Yeah. Comedy nerds are gonna love this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the casual listener, very very insightful. Yeah, the casual listener maybe not so much. They may they may like the inside baseball. Very entertaining personality. Yeah. And if anybody wants to reach out to us and produce a show with us, we'd be open to that. Produce a show as in, okay, yeah. okay. Like they can uh, give us money I thought we and were we'll do it. Chelsea yeah. already. Yeah, if, if you want to fund us, yeah. Just want to book me and I'll take that. Yeah, that, yeah, that too. Take yeah. If, if uh, Alexis wants to divorce Alex and marry one of us so that we can quit our jobs and... She doesn't do have well. to marry us, but... <laughs> Friends with benefits is okay. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. That'd be fine. Uh, she doesn't even need to divorce Alex to do that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He's always busy in his garage. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. She would never know. <laughs> when, when I first met <laughs> them, like when I first met them, I thought they were swingers. Just how they kind of like came off, how Alex comes off. I thought they were like they a could be. Couple. Maybe you're just not their type. Yeah, he, he said that to me. That's super interesting. So I wonder like if you told that to him, and then he like maybe because I used to give him jokes at like a couple of Joes because like uh, when they first met D1, it almost seemed like they're trying to get D1 and like part of their little. <laughs> Little love triangle thing, and then I even made jokes like very crude jokes about wanting to see D one fuck Alexis. Imagine, <laughs> yes. imagine if D one had sex the same way he does comedy. Like it would just be crazy with that same energy and yeah. just randomness. I can never understand <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but somehow like never been fucked before. Somehow insatisfied. And he's, in jail. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the other side of the room, but somehow he's still making you orgasm. It's yeah. just weird. I don't know. All right. So now that we've talked about <laughs> D1 giving uh, Alexis orgasms. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so we'd, I guess that's our closing. Uh, yeah. If you if you are looking. Don't give up. If you're looking for a swing situation, uh, reach out to AC Square. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> threesomes are cooler with AC. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is a. Uh, Adam Wolf and Justin Marino and our special guest uh, Chris Ford. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Deuce.
Thank you for listening to They Said I'm Funny. Uh, you can email us at they said I'm funny at gmail.com. You can find our social media on Twitter. You can find us at they said I'm funny. And on Facebook, search for our page, they said I'm funny. You can also give us a call on our Google Voice number. Uh, that number is 254 294 6032. That is 254 294 6032. And thanks again for listening.